I want to tell you something, uh, something that happened. I'm going to start off with a story. And this is uh, something that happened five days ago. I hesitated at first to share it for a, a, a few different reasons. One of the reasons that I hesitated to share it last service was because I didn't want anybody to misunderstand. I didn't want anybody to think this was about me. It's certainly not about me. But this is why I didn't share it. And the Lord said to me, why have you not shared it? And I said, because I don't want it to be misunderstood. Because it's not about me. And he said, that's not who you are. Anybody that knows you knows it's not about you. You need to share it. Because it's going to help them. It's going to help them walk in this greater level of faith and authority. So I said, okay. So I've shared it with a couple people since then. But I knew I needed to tell you all. So last week, five days ago, I got a phone call. And uh, the phone call, there, there's a friend that has a, um, her mom in the hospital. And um, it's pretty touch and go right now. And so, but we've been praying and we've been leaving for complete restoration. So I get this phone call. And the phone call, she says, they just spoke code blue over my mom. So for those of you that don't know what that means, it means they've lost heart, the heartbeat, like there's no heart. The, the heart stopped working, which means technically she's dead. So that's all she said. I could hear the trauma in her voice. She said nothing. She just said that one statement. They just called code blue. I don't know what's going on on the other end, right? I just know what I heard. So I said, oh, no. I said, in the name of Jesus, absolutely not. I take authority over that spirit of death. I command right now that spirit of death to leave her room now. And so I started taking authority and commanding, right? In prayer, on the phone, I look up, and right up here to my right, I see her spirit. And I see her spirit floating up, going away. I now see her body on the bed, but her spirit up here, flat. But I knew, and I saw her face. And her face, she wanted to go. She wanted to go. And I called her by name. And I said, get back in this body right now because I don't believe it's her time to go. So I said, get back in this body right now in the name of Jesus. She was reluctant. I said it again. Slowly, she starts to move in the right direction. And she starts to move until she got back into her body. And I start speaking life, life, life on the phone with, with the daughter, right? And I said, what's going on in the room? And she goes, nothing. They're doing CPR. They have no heartbeat, nothing. I said, oh, no. Life, life, life. I kept speaking life and praying that. The blood of Jesus. And um, immediately she says, or shortly she says, they just got a pulse. They just got her heartbeat back, right? And so, yes, praise God for that. Praise God for that. And so... 
I didn't tell her right away. I didn't tell her that day. I didn't tell her until just a couple of days ago what happened. But she told me the rest of the story. So I want to tell you the backstory. So here she is. She's at the hospital. They're in ICU. They're moving her mom to a regular room. And her brother showed up. So typically she goes with her mom when she's transported to another room. But this time, because her brother was there, they decided to take the elevator. And the transport was the one that moved her. He's not a nurse, not an aide, nothing. Just They just transport, so they don't know, you know certain things. So he moves her to the room. He's over there hooking up what he needs to hook up. She walks into the room, and she walks in. When she walked in, she looked at her mom, and she said, she's not breathing. So we don't know how long she was not breathing, but she goes, she's not breathing. And the guy's like, uh-uh. So she starts screaming, right? And immediately, a ton of doctors and nurses just surrounded that room. And right at that point, a social worker came up to her and a chaplain came up to her, right? And they said, hey, we're really sorry. You know, we would like to talk to you. They were going to comfort her, so-called comfort, you know. I mean, there's a point and place and a time for that. But this woman, no, come on, we're going to believe for life. We're going to fight. If you don't believe a person's time is up, then you need to fight, right? So, so, because they have their place, but this was not the right timing. This was an assignment of thievery. So the chaplain and the social worker. And she looks at them, because they're, they're going, oh, can, can we talk to you? Right as, they, right as they said that, the, you know, they're doing CPR and there's a flat line, you know, there's, there's no heartbeat. And she goes, she's in total shock. She didn't say a word. She goes, just a minute. And she whips out her phone and she calls me. So she's on the phone, right? And I'm like, I'm going to about her life. I'm God knows what they heard in that hospital room. I really don't care, you know. But I was not going to be like, oh, Jesus, please help, you know. And so when we have demons all around that are just ready to kill, steal, and destroy. God said we're going to raise the dead. She was literally dead. She wasn't pronounced dead. I know that. But her body was dead. Her heart stopped beating. Her heart stopped pumping. There was a flat line. They needed to do CPR and not just one time to bring her back from what? From the dead. And I thought, oh, my gosh, Lord. I've been praying for that for a long time. Lord, you said we're going to raise the dead. Lord, you said we're going to raise the dead. We... God uses us to heal. This is what his word says. He uses anybody. These are the signs that are going to follow those who believe, right? In uh, Mark 16. So we know that the signs that follow those believe. You're going to heal the sick. You're going to cast out demons. If you drink anything deadly and poisonous, it's not going to harm you, right? You're going to... So we know the signs. And we do that all the time. But I said, Lord, you also said in your word that you're going to raise the dead. But I don't see it yet. But I'm believing for it. So I really felt, number one, to tell my friend because... It's a life or death situation. And you're not always there. Had I not picked up the phone, I, we know what would have happened. Could God have intervened? Of course he could have intervened. But does he use us? Does he move through us? Absolutely. It's divine order. What did I do? I issued a divine order. I issued a divine order. Tabitha, get up. Lazarus, come forth. A divine order. This is what we're called to do. And the Lord said, I want you to speak that message to them because they need to know that the anointing that you carry that is coming forth down into this house, they need to know that the word of God is still true and that it speaks loud and clear and that they are to walk in these types of signs and wonders. And it is not for some day long ago, but it is still active today. 
in the name of Jesus to give us faith, to give us encouragement, to remind ourselves there are dying people, even on your watch, but you can't let them die unless it is their time. Now, if it is their time, it is their time. No amount of commanding that demon to leave is going to stop it, right? If it's their time. And, but I don't believe it is. I believe this is a thievery. And we've been fighting and fighting and fighting. But we have to be aware. Yeah. We have to be aware of what's going on so that we don't miss the divine moment. We have to speak this divine order but not miss the divine moment. Are we all following? So God, who is the source of life, has the ability to give life to all whom he wills, even after death. So I thought, wow, so literally, uh, so literally, we, I, can, I raise the dead. Amen. And I was like, wow. So it took me a while. And like I said, I didn't share it because I didn't, because you know me, it's not about me at all. There's no, there's no pride here, but there is total excitement. I'm so, I'm excited. I think I was a little bit in shock though too. And also it was tender, you know, so because of the whole thing. So I, so that was five days ago. Well, so I was praying about that. I was like, wow, Lord, that's, that's amazing. Still praying for her. Of course, it's still like, you know, she, she still needs to be completely healed and walk out of this place. So we're not done praying. But as I was thinking about this, then the Lord was reminding me, and I shared with a few, but as the Lord was reminding me of other situations that have happened, whether it be in prayer or whether it be a vision in my life, he started reminding me of more and more of times where it was near death, this spirit of death that was right there. And you know, some of these have happened years ago, and obviously this one was death, and it just happened five days ago. But some of these that I'm gonna share, I'm just gonna share a couple. But the Lord started reminding, he woke me up. When I woke up one of these nights this week, in my dream, I literally was, God was reminding me of all these near-death experiences that God has showed me that he has used me to command the deaf angel to go. And I was like, wow. So I, I literally, I, I forgot about that one. I forgot about that one. I forgot about that one. How do you forget about that one? But I forgot about them. And so I, I actually got my phone out and started writing them down. I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember. And then it was so-and-so. Oh, my gosh. And then that person. I'm like, Lord, these were all near-deaths. But then this one was an actual death. And so I thought, okay, so I'm going to share two of them with you quickly because I feel like when you hear a story like this, it's a practical story that happened to someone that you know and you trust, right? It's not some weird, because let me tell you, when I was telling the story to my husband and when I was telling my, this story to my daughter, I was like, I saw her spirit floating up here. I could see it, you know, and she was good. But I commanded her to come back into her body. And I thought to myself, if I didn't know me, I would think I was cuckoo too. You know what I mean? Like you, you could kind of go, wait a minute. I, like we know because it's, I believe it's biblical, but you know how people will take something like this and just get really weird with it, right? And there's just a lot of weird, out, weird things like this out there. So you need to know the source. I think that's important to know the source. Yes, it's biblical, but people like to pervert what's biblical. But this is not perverted. It's the pure truth of God's power working. So anyway, I, just, I did tell him, I said, my goodness, you know, to my daughter, I said, if you didn't know me, like I would feel like... She was like, yeah, I'd be weird, Mom, but I know you, <laughs> and I know that this is truth. I said, praise God. So, so I want to tell you really quick about my dad. Now, this is years ago, and it was a vision. And um, he, I, I, 
in this vision, I see my dad appear. And see how they have a pillar right there? Okay, so imagine another one right where the camera is, just a very narrow window. And I see my dad standing right there, and uh, the rest was a wall. And so, but he looked eerie. Something about him looked wrong. And I looked at him, and I was like, I knew it wasn't my dad, but it looked like my dad. And I said, where's my dad? He didn't say anything, but he had this weird smile, and it wasn't very pleasant. It was eerie is the best word I can say. I said, where's my dad? And I said, bring him back. Bring him back. And as I said that, it was like poof. That death angel completely left. And then I see my dad coming from around the wall in the same spot, but a normal human being. You know, he just walks up. Just no clue what happened. Completely, you know, oblivious to what just took place. So I wake up from this vision, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. You know, like, the responsibility that we have in the spirit realm sometimes is beyond what some of us understand, you know, or even partake in because it's um, maybe not every day, I guess, but or maybe it's not spoken of too much. But I believe that that was a death angel coming to take his life. And because I'd go, oh, my gosh, what is this? And, and cower in fear. Instead, just be, thank you, Lord, for the grace of God. I had the, the, the presence of mind to just command it to get out of here and to bring my dad back. And he did. And, my, and that was years ago. And he did. You know, and then the Lord reminded me of this other story, and it was um, with my husband. And uh, he, I was at home. He was at work. This is maybe a year ago. And I'm at home, and I'm just doing what I need to do. And all of a sudden, I look up, and I see a band of angels. And I knew it wasn't, they were not of God. They were not. So they were like death angels. They were not good. They were all like floating in midair, kind of like a semicircle right in front of me, right? And they're all coming my way, right? I can see them like where you are, Kelly, as far back as there. And, and I was like, and they're coming my way. And I knew that I was fully awake. This was not a dream. I, and, and I was up and moving around, and I open eye, you know, just I see this vision in, in the room. And, and I knew that they were coming towards me, not for me. You know how in the spirit you just know that, you know, they, I knew they were coming for my husband. And I looked at them, and they were all, like, just floating my way. And I started pointing my finger. I started charging. I started yelling at them. And I started to say, get out of here in the name of Jesus. And, but I was moving towards them. Get out of here in the name of Jesus. I rebuked that death spirit. Out. Right? And as ma the minute that I gave that order, that divine order, it was like a, a puff of smoke. Just they all left. All of them just disappeared. So I'm just going. So then I just keep praying because I'm thinking, okay, is my assignment over? Because it may not be over. Just because you command something to go doesn't mean that it completely leaves. It might be hiding around the corner, around the wall. That's just how, thing, that's how these things go, right? And so as they wait for the next opportunity, remember what Jesus, what they said? Well, they came back. They were waiting for a better opportunity. They were, they, you know, they may going to come back at a better time. So that, that's how the devil works, right, S these things. So... So I just kept on praying. I kept on praying until I felt the release in my spirit that my assignment for this was truly done. 
So once I felt that my assignment was done, okay, stopped praying, but then I called my husband, which was at work. And I, and I said, how are you? He goes, well, I'm fine now. And I go, oh, I go, well, what do you mean now? What happened? He goes, I don't know. He goes, this is the weirdest thing. He goes, not that long ago. He goes, this is the weirdest thing. All of a sudden, he goes, I just felt like something like on my heart, like I couldn't breathe right. He goes, I, I was like, gosh, am I having a heart attack? What is happening? What's happening? And I said, let me tell you what was happening. And I tell him that. He says, okay, I got the goosebumps. He goes, this is weird. This is all weird. I go, no, it's Jesus. This is the love of God. Because your time was not, it's not now. But the spirit of death was trying to steal your life prematurely. But, and I could go on. I'm telling you, I have a list of names of people that I have, that this has happened. Similar situations like this. I'm not going to right now. Because this is what I believe God has told me to say for today. But, I mean, in most of them, I've, these are like years ago for some of them. And I just not really shared, but publicly shared with certain people. Um, but God said to me, he says, you need to publicly because people need to know the authority that they carry. They need to know the authority. And so that's why I started with this scripture in Matthew 10 and 8. Because it says to heal the sick, to cleanse the lepers, to raise the dead, to cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. We are called to raise the dead. We're, we're literally called to raise the dead. This is, we know that it's very biblical for some of you that may need, you know, so like in Luke 7, um, 11, starting in, in 11, the widow of Nain's son, you know, uh, the son died, you know, and in verse 14, in verse 14, Jesus said to the young man, he said, I say to you, get up. So I'm going to turn to Luke 7. So we can read this together. But see, what, what's really, what stands out is the type of prayer. And, the, and that's what I want to get across today is our hearts are saturated with Jesus. Amen. Like we love him. Amen. We stay in the word. Yes. We ground ourselves in the word. Yes. But there are times where prayer is a command. In other words, because you're not praying to God. Right? There are times that your prayer life will be a command to that demonic entity. But that's, and that's just called warfare, right? And that's called taking your authority. Because you're not commanding God, of course. But verse 11, now what happened, says the day after that he went into a city called Nain, and many of the, his disciples went with him there in a large crowd. And when he came near the gate of the city, behold, a dead man was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And a large crowd from the city was with her. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on, when the Lord saw her, the mom, he had compassion on her and he said, do not weep. And then he came and he touched the open coffin and those who carried him stood still. And he said, young man, I say to you, arise. That's a divine order right there. He issued a command, a divine order. And he presented him to his mother. And then, of course, fear came upon all the, you know, people there. And, and they, but they also glorified God, you know. And they, oh, a great prophet has risen among us. Wow, my hand's getting hot. A great prophet, this hand is getting hot. The word says, for I have given you an example that you should do as I have also done unto you. That's John, 
John 13, 15. I have given you an example that you should do as I have done unto you. Lord, what are you saying? Father, I thank you that Jairus' daughter, you took her by the hand and you said, my child, get up. That's in, that's in Luke 8, uh, 50. Yes, God. Thank you, Father, for the impartation for those that are here, those that are also listening, Lord God. I thank you that your word is alive. It is near us. It is in our mouth. It is in our heart. I thank you, Lord God, that, Lord, even as you have given me this... Um, this beautiful, beautiful experience that could have been horrific. But, Lord, I'll never forget what you have done. But now, Lord God, your hand, my hand is hot, and I know it's your hand upon it. And I do believe that that is for impartation right now. So, thank you, Lord God, for the many. Thank you, Lord God, for the many that you have appointed from this, this church that will lay their hands upon the dead, or they will speak the command to the dead, and the dead will rise. Lord, I thank you. Those that have not finished their course, those that have not finished their assignment, and there was premature death, Lord, I thank you that no, there will not be premature death. Not on our watch, devil. Not on our watch. In the name of Jesus. I'm just, yes, hands up. Thank you. I was like, just open my eyes. Ah, thank you, Lord God. They're receiving right now the impartation, Lord, which is truly from your word. But I do believe this is why this hand is so hot, which is usually my right hand. But I thank you, Father God, for the impartation right now. You will raise the dead. You will raise the dead. Thank you, Lord God. They will raise the dead. I decree that over them right now, Father, that they will have faith. They will have uh, it just like sharpness of mind to know when, to know what, to be able to walk in this calling that is very biblical because you said in your word, Father, you said you will raise the dead. So right now I impart this unto them. I impart it unto them right now in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Thank you, Lord, for clarity in our mindset that we won't miss not one opportunity to rescue that which the enemy almost stole. But God sent you on the scene. God is sending you on the scene, whether it be a phone call, whether it be a, an almost death and near death, whether it be like a death angel experience, but you were there to call life, whether it be an actual dead person, you will raise the dead in the name Amen. of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Wow. Whoo. Hallelujah. And we just recently went over, um, and I'm, we're going to turn there again, but we just recently talked about Tabitha being raised up. Remember Dorcas, Tabitha, Peter. I mean, Peter raised, well, Jesus raised, obviously Jesus raised the dead and he himself was raised from the dead, right? You can't list, you can't mention a list of raising from the dead, but then not men mention Jesus. He himself was raised from the dead, but he also raised, he also raised people from the dead, right? Jairus' daughter, we, you know, uh, widow's son of Nain, um, Lazarus, right? So he raised people from the dead. Peter, raised uh, people from the dead. Paul raised, remember the guy that fell out of the window? Yeah. That was Paul. Yeah. You know, and he died. But no, he was called back to life. But let's, yeah. let's turn to Acts 9. Because you're always going to have the naysayers that go, oh, well, no. She wasn't really, did, did they pronounce her dead? 
then she wasn't really dead. I'm like, dear God in heaven, if that was your mother or father, right, and they went flatlined, they flatlined, and there's no heartbeat, and we don't even know how long it was, and they're needing to do CPR. Hmm, if they're needing to do CPR, that's because the longer that goes, the further the chances of her coming back are, the, the less that the chances are, right? And we don't know how long it was that she had stopped breathing, but we do know that technically she was considered dead. The next night, forgot to tell you this, the next night I was at the hospital and I asked the nurse, the nurse came in and I said, you know about that incident that happened last night? And I said, um, <laughs> little do you know I was on the other end of the phone, you know, I'm a sweet innocent, uh-huh, shit, I said, they have no idea. You know, I would say, don't let this pretty face fool you. And so, <laughs> in other words, the power of God that goes through, we were like, you know, but anyway, I asked her, you know that incident that happened last night? I go, can you tell me about, like, was she, was she dead? She goes, well, yeah, she had no heartbeat. Even the nurse told me. She goes, well, yeah. She wasn't doing it rude. She goes, no, well, yeah, she had no heartbeat. So we had to do CPR. She technically, she died. They just had not pronounced her dead. Yeah, she had about, so thank you, Jesus. My goodness. Wow. Yeah, so for any... Um, for any spirit of unbelief that would come to you and say, oh, no, that's not true. That didn't come about. Well, you know what? That's just a religious spirit. That's... Tell them, when was the last time you laid your hands on the sick and they recovered? Tell them, when was the last time that you raised the dead? Well, then maybe you ought to not talk about things you don't know about. Because God wants to use you in greater ways, but he's also building a responsibility, godly character, so that we can walk in these things. And it's never about you. Never about you. We always, but I do believe we have a generation. I'm going to get to this in a moment. I do believe we have a generation. Sherry and I were talking about this right before service. We have a generation of people that are going to need valiant soldiers like you all that are ready for battle, that are not afraid, of course, unashamed of the gospel, but unafraid of the power of the demonic that comes against them or somebody that they're called to minister to unashamed and also fully empowered and I know that this this literal story that happened and then of course the word of God that we can read and we find out the same things or similar things that it's strengthening you that it's it's literally giving you faith to do the very same so Acts 9 we'll go ahead and look at that again Acts 9 and in verse 36 See, I love reading these, these stories over and over. It just continues to fill you with faith. But in Acts 9, 36, at Joppa, there was a certain disciple named Tabitha. It's translated Dorcas. I prefer to call her Tabitha. What about you? <laughs> no offense to Dorcas, but this woman was full of good works and charitable deeds, which she did. But it happened in those days that she became very sick and died. And when they washed her, they laid her in an upper room. And since Lydia was upon Joppa and the disciples had heard that Peter was there, they sent two men uh, to him, imploring him. They're begging him not to delay, but to come. So Peter, he gets up, he goes. And when he had come, they brought him to the upper room. And all the widows stood by, weeping and showing the tunics and the garments which Dorcas had made while she was with them. Stop right there. That's exactly how I felt when she said, um, when she told me the story that there was the chaplain right there 
and that there was the social worker right there. Like they were like ready to kind of, you know, grieve with her, lament with her doing their job. Absolutely. But wrong timing. See, I knew that when this woman went into the hospital, that they already pronounced her dead. I, I know that. I know that in my spirit, that this is not a, oh, let's try to bring her back, but I already know that they feel like they've already pronounced her dead. And, and I know that's written in the charts. How do you know that? I just know. And I've already canceled all of that. I'm like, no, no. And so when these two workers came and, and tried to distract her, if they would have distracted her, her mom would have died. But that's how the devil works. So here, it's the same thing. You know, Peter arrives on the scene, and they're all, look at what Dorcas made. Look at what Tabitha made. Look at all these things, y'all beautiful, you know, garments and such. But that's a distraction because the woman is laying there dead, recently died. It's a distraction. That's how the devil works. But Peter put them all out, and he knelt down, and he prayed. That's like, you hear, my gosh, they just flatlined. There's no heartbeat. They're trying, you know, and they didn't even, she didn't even tell me they were doing CPR. I just jumped in with what? Taking authority, right? And so that's what Peter did. He just, he got them all out of the room. Because sometimes you got to shut up the naysayers. He got them all out of the room. Or at least take authority to where that devil is looking and talking with you only. And the rest of them, though they're present, they're silenced. Though they're present they're still silenced because now you have the floor. And it's like they're there, but they're not there. You know what I mean? So verse 40, but Peter put them all out and kneeling down, he knelt down and he prayed and he turning to the body, he said, Tabitha arise. He prayed to the Lord. We got to be prayed up church. We got to live prayed up because when it's time at that split second notice, issue the command, the divine command, Tabitha arise. And she opened her eyes, and when she saw Peter, she sat up, and he gave her his hand, and, lifted, and he lifted her up, and then he presented her alive. But that was another, another biblical account of how the devil almost took the life of someone that it was not their time to go. Like I said, if it's their time to go, it's their time to go. But you have to know the difference. And the Lord will show you. He'll tell you if you're sensitive, hearing his voice, right? Um, he'll tell you. So in Zechariah 4, 6, the Bible tells us it's, it's not by might, it's not by power, but it is by the Spirit of God. And so everything that we do must be done by the Spirit of God. So we have to be able to hear. We have to, well, first we have to have the faith for it. We have to have faith for it. It's biblical. There's biblical, you know, accounts. I only listed a few of them, but there's many of them. You know, Old Testament as well, right? There's many biblical accounts. So this is not, plus Jesus himself told us we are going to do this. So Father, let the faith grow right now. Let faith rise up in each and every one of them right now. Father, not to their glory, but to yours. Not, not to our glory, heaven forbid, but to your glory, Father. That we would literally be the end time church. That we would walk in the fullness of everything that you have called us to walk in. That not one thing would be missing in our lives because we don't exclude anything. We don't think anything is too difficult. Nothing is too difficult for those who believe. So, Lord, if you said it and you said greater things shall you do, then we shall do it. 
and we decree it right now in the name of Jesus. And I really fully believe that where we're going and the people that are going to be added unto us, that we have to have the army ready, like all of us, everyone, equipped. So, Father, let the words that were spoken here today, Lord, really penetrate deep and be remembered. And, Lord, let it, let it be a mark within them that changes them, that they always remember. And at that very split second, that moment when it's like life or death, Lord, bring this back and that they would speak the command in full authority, not of the flesh but of the spirit. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Wow. Amen.